Yes, this is your favorite show, Sports Unfolded, with your favorite host, Eric and Ron. Hey, welcome to Sports Unfolded, episode 45 of season two. I am your host, Eric, my main man right there. Ron, how are you tonight? I'm ready to go. We are so fired up, so pumped up. Another great show for you. Saturday in the park. I think it was the 4th of July. It definitely isn't the 4th of July. And if judged by the weather out in New England, we're we're not in July anymore. But I wanted to start off with this leadoff story. So much being discussed about one quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. I believe his name is Josh Allen. There's an injury to his right throwing elbow. How concerned should the Buffalo Bills be right now with this injury? Granted, that it's eight games into the season. But concerned if you are Buffalo Bills? Oh, I'd be concerned. I mean, this is the guy right now. Like, he is... Look, I best quarterback in the league. And there's probably 99% of the other people that watch football are probably agreeing with that theory at the moment. So yeah, look, you've got to be concerned. So questions would be last – he had this injury back his rookie season. So the concern was he missed four games that year. If it's a four-game, let's just say, stretch here, basically next four games are Minnesota, Cleveland, at Detroit, at New England. They haven't won a division game yet. They lost to the Jets, and they lost to um, Miami. We'll we'll take care of that. But but the the problem would be is, again, you, you start to look at some of these games. The next two weeks after that, the Jets and Miami. They can ill afford to lose any divisional games because if the records are tied, even if they can get through some of these games with Casey Keenum, right? your concern would be, look, you got to win these division games. You can't have the same record. This injury, too, the, the issue with the, that elbow is this is similar to what pitches get when it comes to Tommy John surgery. So them trying to rush it back right now, McDermott, Sean McDermott, the head coach of the Buffalo Bills, Mm. he's saying hour by hour is how they're judging this. This is a first for an NFL. I don't know if they're going to add that to the lines now instead of questionable, you know, doubtful. It's going to be hour to hour. (laughs) Look, if I'm the Buffalo Bills, I sit him out. It makes more sense, right? Give him some time. Give him the rest. Don't jeopardize the fact. This team is super. We all said it. Super Bowl or bust. We really think that it's a Super Bowl favorite. Yeah, and keeping him out one week, you know, just to make sure, isn't going to hurt, you know, maybe you might lose, you know, home field advantage, but, you know, but you also might win that game. So, I mean, the defense is good enough where it, it could it could hold up. Yeah, number one defense in the league. I'd be very curious to see. If they decide to rush him back, 
to your point, he's listed as questionable now for this week. He hasn't practiced. Usually if you don't practice later in the week, you're not playing on Sunday. So I think there's a good shot he sits out. I would ask you this, though, Ron. Do it, are they more probable to do the same thing next week, like it's hour to hour and try to go through it that way? Or do you think they should re- realistically just say, look, let's sit him down for a few weeks? Yeah, look, I mean, until until you know what the problem is, I mean, for sure, you know, then you got you just got to play it on the safe side. I mean, look, I mean, he's your franchise. If he goes down and he's lost for the season, the season's over. Like, Case Keenum is not going to be your savior. I mean, hey, let's be real. If it ends up being, look, you, you rush him back, he gets hit, ends up tearing it now completely and has to have Tommy John. Right. You're talking about next season as well. And, right. and he may not be ready by the start of next season. Yeah, and then you're looking at the window closing because, you know, I mean, let's face it, you, you're not going to have all these players, you know, every season just on hold waiting for Josh Allen to come back. You know, something's got to give. You know, you, you're going to lose players because the team is a good team. Yeah, the guys are definitely going to start <laughs> Get contracts, go elsewhere. Be interesting to see. So through eight games right now, Josh Allen, 2,403 yards passing, 19 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Don't forget about the running aspect of what he brings to this team, though. 62 carries, 392, four touchdowns. That's where Casey Keenum, even if he can realistically, they have really good wide receivers. Aren't those better numbers than Fournette? They may be. They may actually be. Think about this aspect too, Ron, though. The longer he's out, the OBJ situation could change. Now, there's been a lot of rumors about Dallas. If Josh Allen's healthy and playing in Buffalo, it's a much more appealing situation for him to go to Buffalo. That's right. If, and if Allen's not, they could lose out on that situation as well. So that's that's another factor to this that we're not even thinking about or considering that how close is he to be being able to come back and will that affect the status of OBJ and him going to Buffalo? That'd be really interesting. That could, that could definitely affect Face the digs against the, the Vikings. Manny's already picking him. You don't, you're, you're picking him. I think Manny's already in for the pick. Manny, thanks for joining. Ron, we're going to continue with this NFL theme because uh, the Indianapolis Colts, they hired a coach, an interim coach for the time being, and that's Jeff Saturday, former player, been with the Colts. We're going to play some audio of basically his early press conference here just to get your thoughts. After listening to this, I honestly feel like I'd want to play for this guy. So here's the deal. Everybody talks about my I'm completely comfortable in who I am as a man, bro. I know I can lead men. I know I know the game of football and I'm passionate about it. I have no fear about are you as qualified as somebody else, bro? I spent 14 years in a locker room. I went to playoffs 12 times. I had, I got five dudes in the Hall of Fame that I play with. You don't think I've seen greatness? You don't think I've seen how people prepare, how they coach, how they GM, how they work? I mean, won Super Bowls, been to two. Like, here's the deal, man. None of us are promised a good job. I may be terrible at this. And after eight games, I'll say, God bless you. I am no good. I may be really good at it. I got no idea, but I dang sure ain't going to back down. I can tell you that. 
I thought that was great. I thought, you know what? He admitted the faults that, look, most of us are going to, when I came on today, I basically was going to say, look, what are they doing? This guy has no idea what he's doing. He's never coached. I think the highest level he's coached is high school. After listening to that, look, he's not going into this expecting to be the next, you know, Bill Belichick, the next Don well, Schuler. It's, it's hard not to get fired up after that. It's hard. I mean, like, if you're an Indianapolis Colt player and you're listening to that press conference, you are fired up and ready to go for your next game. And I would be very surprised if they do not win that game. And think about this. When they started, when he started, Peyton Manning, they were like 1-15 in 15 that year. It was a very bad team, and they built that team up to go to, go to two Super Bowls. Yes, you had the franchise quarterback. You had a guy that could do some amazing things in the regular season. But that experience may help him as a coach of a team that's clearly in need of some kind of structure. Yeah, this team Six. has been floundering. I mean, I mean, let's face it. They have been poorly coached, poorly guided, and just not in it. You know, they're just not mentally in the game. No, I, look, 12 seasons with the Colts, one with the Packers, played in 211 games, started 202 games. So he was, again, once he got in, he was a starter basically throughout his career. Six-time Pro Bowl, a two-time All-Pro, the one championship with the Colts. The only problem I have with this signing now is the fact that Gus Bradley, who coached four years in Jacksonville, had experience 1448 in four years in Jacksonville, not very good. But him staying on the staff, questions would be how does he feel about this move? Will he be you know willing to work with Jeff Saturday? And then they named Park Frazier an offensive coordinator. He's been with the staff, but has never called offensive plays. And if you know in New England how that works, if you haven't called offensive plays, sometimes it doesn't go over so well. I mean just a little bit. The, the, look, I like Jeff Saturday. I thought he was a great analyst. Never really had a problem with him as a player. I think he was part of the players' union and that whole when they were trying to settle the strike, him and Robert Kraft, and the, how they were able to work. So the man knows how to settle conflicts. We, I, I think that'd be a fair statement. Can he get this team to win some games now, Ron? Or do they want to win games? Are they looking at this as a, as, as a sign to say, look, we may want to fail, give him eight games, See how he does. And if he's good at it, even if they lose, they're going to get a high draft pick, probably a, a top quarterback in the draft, and then let him try to build from there. No, I think I think they they want to win. I say that half-heartedly. Um I think I think Saturday will get um a better than you know an average chance. So Sunday looks I pretty think... good too. <laughs> I had to. I had to make one of them. I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, like I was saying, <laughs> um, before you bust out with one of Ron's type jokes. Yes. Um, look, I mean, I think he'll he'll get an opportunity next year. I think what they're going to do is see how the team responds. And I find it hard to believe that the team doesn't respond well. But, I mean, let's face it, this team might not have a whole lot of talent on it. 
Agreed. Agreed. You know? Look, you, you got injuries to Taylor, your top running back. Right. You know what so, I mean? That's, that's... Look, they're going to see what they got, and then at the end of the season, Saturday is going to go, and he's going to talk to the, the big wigs, and he's going to say, this is my assessment of the team. This is what we need. This is what we should do. And so, I got to say, I think Saturday is probably, he probably knows what he wants to do and how to set up a, a winning team. I mean, you have to think that he knows how to do that. And I don't know if you saw the Monday night, you know, the Mannings, they do the Manning cast during the game yes. or whatever that's called. I don't, yes. I haven't watched it. Um, but it was pretty interesting. They were talking about Thanksgiving and Eli was saying, you know, Mississippi State and, and the Giants are playing on Thanksgiving, so they they he's got his and then he asked Peyton, What are you doing? And Peyton basically said, Oh, Jeff had invited me to come over for Thanksgiving. Well, guess and, what? And Eli was asked him about offensive coordinator. He's like, Oh, offensive coordinator. Peyton's like, No. But it's and it's an interesting concept. Could Peyton Manning get involved in at least helping this offense now figure some things out? Quarterback coach. Even if it's just an advisor, offensive advisor, you know how teams have. I'd be very curious to see if Peyton Manning doesn't have some imprint on. This may have been a way for Jim Irsay, the owner of the Colts, to say, look, maybe I can pull in some of these guys that were a little hesitant before. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that, that is a good point. And, you know, if you if you need help with a quarterback, and let's face it, Indianapolis needs help with their quarterback situation. Um, who better to talk to those quarterbacks than Peyton Manning? Listen, one of yeah. the best regular season quarterbacks of all time. Exactly. Really is. All right. So what are some of your games of interest this week, Ron? We've got I've got six that I actually uh, found to be Yeah, I don't have six. Okay. I got three. Three games of interest. I'm sure we got the same three. Go ahead. You go first. All right. So uh, you started out with Seattle, Tampa Bay. Yeah. Uh, both teams are currently in first place. It's, it's unreal. Yeah. Half a game. The Bucks are up now with the loss yesterday by the Falcons. Oh, God. That division is terrible. They just want to give it to Tom. I'm yeah, telling they do. you. They do. Uh. Minnesota at Buffalo, but, you know. For a couple different reasons, right? Can Buffalo respond without Josh Allen if he's not playing? And then is Minnesota for real? If you're ever going to have an opportunity at this point, if Allen's not going and you lose this game. Yeah, it's, it's – You know, bad. that doesn't look very good for you. No, no, no. So, yeah, I thought that's a yeah, very interesting game to keep an eye on. Yeah, and I got, of course, uh, the L.A. Chargers at San Francisco. I thought so. Yeah, I had that um, one as well. That is probably – that is the game that I want to see this weekend. Chargers 9, as Manny just said, right? That, I thought that's going to be a very – because, again, both those teams kind of in that middle of the pack where they need to start getting some quality wins in. And those two teams, again, same thing. It's been hit or miss. You don't know which week what they're going to do. I had Colts Raiders, and I have Colts Raiders for, for a different reason. Yes, the Jeff Saturday thing, but if Josh McDaniels loses to a coach that hasn't coached before, there's already a lot of rumblings 
Devontae Adams has spoken out about the coach now. You're starting to hear some backlash. It wasn't successful in Denver. We know that situation and him coaching there. That game I would keep my eye on because if the Raiders lose that game. Look, we, and this that just, could be the this, end. This just brings me back to the point that I've made a couple of times now. Yes, I know. Bill Was Josh McDaniels actually calling the plays in New England? That is an interesting question, and this makes it more apparent. Yeah, it does. Another game of interest for me, Cowboys at Packers. Yeah, I was going to put that one on there, but and I think Green Bay stinks. And They do. They do. But again, how long before that? Again, same thing, foundation cracks. And Dallas predominantly has not played well against Green Bay. No, so that would be interesting to see if they can do that. And then I had cards, Rams, Cardinals at, at, at the Rams. Because Those again, two that, desperate all, teams. NFC West teams, they're all just trying to figure out who's going to take the, the Rams haven't been good. The Cardinals, forget it. We can't figure them out week to week. The Niners playing the Chargers. That's a big game. Seattle wins that game against the Bucks. They pretty much are the, you know, take that division. It's almost a lock. They'd be two or three games up on most of these teams. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and who would have thought that, right? I mean, I know, look, as well as, as well as, as well as Gino has been playing, there is no one on this planet that thought Seattle was going to be like this. There is no one. I don't care who you are. Even if you're from Seattle, yeah. you had no clue. I think at one point I heard something. The only person that believed that they could do this was Pete Carroll. I don't even think believe. Pete no, no, Carroll no. I don't even believe that either. So, yeah, it was unreal. This is this is such a an odd season to to say the least. But the fact that they could be two to three games up on all these teams by the end of this week, if things go the right way, just interesting. Ron, it's triple play time. Triple. Play? And you get to your first this week. I'm really excited. I know I got some. We got some NHL goaltenders. These gentlemen lead yeah, I hope the I NHL right. in goals against average right now. Jake Ottinger, Linus Ulmark, and Kana Hellebuck. No, no, no. Linus. 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 I know Linus it Ulmark. looks like Linus. Let's decide who we start, bench, and cut. You are first. Yeah, you know, look, I know Olmark has been around longer, and so has Hellebuck, but I'm going with Kid. I'm going with Odinger. Uh, He is just playing just flat-out insane uh, on a team that really is mediocre in talent. Fair but statement. yet, he has just been—he's—he's he's a stud, he's a stud, and right now he's the best goaltender in the league. And look at his performance in the playoffs, even though you know didn't get very far, but what I saw from him was incredible goaltending. Since those playoffs, he got them to the playoffs. He performed incredibly in the playoffs and then it's just continued from here and i will take him as my starter all day 
with these three. And as a backup, I'm going Allmark. And if you ask me this question, you know, midway through last season, absolutely not. I would have, I, he would have been gone. But since then, Allmark has been lights out. He's been fantastic. And Hellebuck, frankly, he's too inconsistent for me. And I will take what I do know compared to what you don't know with how he's going to play from game to game. Okay. And I and I like him as a goaltender, but one year he's on, next year he's off, next year he's on, next year he's off. And I don't want that. So I'm going to go Ottinger as my starter, Omak as my backup, and say goodbye, Hellebuck. All right. So I thought the obvious choice at starter was Ottinger. I agree with you 100%. He's only played in 84 games, but – 2.38 goals against average, 9. Uh, 9.16 save percentage. This season, 1.4 goals against. I know. It's and crazy. then 9.52. It's crazy. Wrong. Non 5.2. I know. Save percentage. It's unreal. This is where I had my que- my questions was the bench in this in the in who to cut. I went Hellebuck. Yeah. And I went Hellebuck. For the, he's had 30 shutouts in his career. Yes, yep. played more games, double of what Olmark has played. 2.67 goals against. He has a little bit better save percentage average, 916 versus 915. I know it's extremely close. The 30 shutouts I thought was pretty impressive in the fact that, look, this guy has the ability to close the door completely. To your point, hit or miss certain seasons, but when he's on, Oh, he's, yeah. on. he's on. He's on. He's on. And if and he's, he's my bench, right yeah. If he's my bench, I'm hoping every so often I would just get him to have one of those performances. Because yep. I got my I got my top ace with Ottinger. Yeah. So I and, I, I cut Omar. Like, yeah. No. I mean that it could have gone either way. Like you said, you said. Like everybody knows the numbers now. I mean, like they're they're very close in every aspect. Um, you know, but. Like I said, I do. I don't like the inconsistencies. Yeah, no, I, I, I could see where you're coming from. I you could know, see that and, part of it. And that's why I went with Omar. Yeah, no, makes sense. Again, I I think we both agreed. Clear splitting hairs. Yeah, we're splitting hairs. The, the, cutting, the starter, I was like, okay, bang. Yeah, yeah, that was, like, that was an obvious choice. What were we going to look at from a bench cut standpoint and what was more important to each one of us? So, yeah. You prefer the consistency. I prefer some of the numbers. It's it's right. but it's, no no that's and it's yeah. a legitimate it's a legitimate. Option. I mean, look, those shutouts are a very good number. Yeah, that's a good number. And, and to me, Hellebuck reminds me a lot of Tuka Rask. You know, he, those numbers are there, and Tuka Rask had those numbers. Yeah, if you do the and, math, I think it's it's one shot out every ten games in his career. Yeah, something to that effect. It's pretty close. You know what I mean? So, yep. I mean, every ten games you get a shot out. I take that. Yeah. No. Absolutely. All right. Let's talk some NBA. This team just will not refuse to go away. I think each week for us. <sighs> so we're gonna bring up the it's picture. So annoying already. <laughs> Jacques Vaughn has been named the new head coach. For the Brooklyn Nets, I don't know if you remember him as a player. He looks a lot different now as a coach with the beard. Yeah, it's just pretty funny to see. Well, it's gray, so yeah. That that part of it as well. I don't think he had the beard in, in or at least I don't remember him with a beard. 
Uh, do you do you think this is the right decision for the team? Was this well, the right call? I mean, I guess it has to be because they've already been winning. You know, um, well, let me let me clarify why. Um, because KD is trying now. I mean, KD to me is a coach killer. That's now the reputation of KD. He's a coach killer. It's whether or not he wants to play for the guy that's coaching the team. That's basically what it comes down to. And he didn't want to play for Nash under no circumstance. That's what I get out of all of this. And it showed. And as soon as it's a new way, then he starts trying again. That's what happened. Yeah. Look, Jacques Vaughn has some coaching experience. He coached three seasons with the Orlando Magic a yeah. few years ago. 58 and 158, but we know the talent that Orlando has had for the past few years. Right. He's been on this staff. I think that helped. I thought this was a smart hire by, by Brooklyn. No, it is. It is. The, I made a Duca situation. Yeah, that would have been the, throwing. That would have been horrible for this yeah. organization right now with everything else that's going on. Right. I don't think they had a choice. I think they made the right decision to say, look, we need to take the spotlight off of us on the back end of everything else. And just yeah, hiring a Duca, it would have just kept the lights would have got brighter. And you gotta think there was some sort of a back a back room deal going on with Udoka, you know, for them to get there's there's no way they're just gonna give it to him after just, you know, suspending him for a year because they didn't want to give him up. And why would you wanna give him up to Brooklyn? So to me, it just seemed like you know, the Celtics weren't going to get what they wanted for him. And, you know, whether it was a payment or whatever it was, I don't know. But to me, it didn't seem right. There was something wrong with that whole yeah, thing. It, it would have been a lot of scrutiny, a lot of questions yeah. behind it. And then something would have come out, and yeah. that's and, why the deal didn't happen. And again, the face of your organization, now they, they you know people are going to have questions. You got the Kyrie situation, the Kevin Durant situation. You would have just basically compounded everything. It would have been the Bermuda Triangle. Just things yep. are going to fall in and just keep happening. Yep. Yep. So I thought this was a good hire. I wish him well. Look, I think he's – you were in Orlando. You didn't really have an opportunity. So at least now you have an opportunity. You've been an assistant for quite some time as well. So this should be an interesting one. Yeah. Because, you know, like I said, Kevin Durant is actually going to try. We think we'll see how long it lasts. Oh, will. will. We'll see how long it lasts. Major League Baseball. Justin Verlander has decided to enter free agency, Ron. Yeah. Would you would you find him deal. at this point of for you if you are running a team right now? Are you looking at Justin Verlander as a possible signing? Um, I don't know if I'd sign him long term. Um, but that's what he's gonna want. Um, I would probably say he's got two more years left in the tank. As a as an ace. As an ace. Yeah, okay. You know? So so I mean, does a team want to spend, you know, four years and then maybe, you know, year three he's your number two or three starter? Probably. I mean, he has one in the past and currently <laughs> yeah, he's got two championships 
made 25 yeah. million last season. Yeah. So what's he pushing? 30, 35 million? One year deal? Next season? Yeah, just to me, you know, I'm I'm torn because he is up there in age. 40 and years like old said, by the start of next season. He'll be 40 years old. Yeah, do you want to invest, you know, 35 million in a who got one season where he looked, we we didn't expect to see what we saw at 39. Right. But we also right. didn't expect Tom Brady to be playing until he's 45. So you're right. seeing guys, athletes, take care of the body better, figure it out. But the difference would be is that Tommy John surgery that Verlander had, yeah. I would still question again, look, that's a major injury that, again, could affect you at some point in time. I, I just don't know. And then he didn't look good in the postseason. He had a 5 4 no, ERA. Yeah. You know, so again, it, how much do you stretch him out and say, look, if I'm going to invest 30, 35 million, let's just say that's the number on a guy that I'm not even sure I can have him play 30 plus games because I, he, he ties out at the end of the you season. You do know where he's going to end up, right? L LA, the Dodgers? No. <laughs> No, he's not ending up in LA. Where's he going? Because he's going to end up in one of three teams. He's either going to go to the Yankees. Nah, Boston. Uh, New York won't grab him. He's either going to go to the Yankees he's, okay. or Boston. But my odds, the Mets. Yeah. Look, the Mets because are Because his buddy, Scherzer. It would make sense, honestly, for the Mets. They're going to throw money. They, they got to I'm title. the Mets. I roll the dice. Look, he's, he's one. And again, two Cy Youngs. He's up for his third. Like, like his resume is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. 244 wins, 133 losses, 3.24 ERA in his career. 3,198 strikeouts for his career. How does he not get a $30 million deal. I, I, I see it again. I think to your point, it's going to be very short lived though. It's going to be okay. Here's one. Here's one year. Yeah. And, I, and would do, I would do two. I would do two. He had a second player's option this year. He opted out. Yeah. So maybe you do the same thing each year. The problem with that is if, if he decides he's having a bad year, he could still opt in and then you got to pay him all that money. Right. right. And no, he's not going to play. Because baseball is all guaranteed. We're not going to get into that whole conversation today. Ron, this is going to be one of our weirdest face-off of all time. And as I was doing the show yesterday with Kenny, we did an NBA ranking show. We talked about this face-off. And this face-off, lucky you get to go first because I'm, I'm dying to find out how you're going on this one. But which of these quarterbacks is more likely to retire after this season? This season, so we're not talking it more likely to retire first after this season. Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers? One of us has to be for Tom Brady, one of us has to be for Aaron. Oh, Rodgers. I'm going Aaron Rodgers on this one. All so the you're way. going Aaron Rodgers all the way. Look, Tom Brady now doesn't have anyone to answer to, he is not going anywhere out of the NFL. However, does it mean he's not going to another team? Look, Tom Brady, he's going to play another season. And look, he just wants to make everything unattainable for everybody else. 
So he wants to keep winning. He wants to keep playing. And, he, you know, this is what he does. Aaron Rodgers, he is at the the peak of frustration. He, he is regretting making decision to come back and play. He's already regretting it. And it's written in everything he says. It's written on his face. And look, I don't even think he wants to be there anymore. And I would not be surprised if he announces it before the season even ends. Here's why it's going to be Tom Brady and not Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady's looking around now and he's like, where's my wingman? He doesn't have any more. Everybody's either right. Either everybody's retired, everybody's gone, everybody's right. They're all kind of like, you know, done, done with football, been done. They analyze analysts, everything else. Aaron Rodgers, there's still a guy that he wants to play with, and that's Devontae Adams. And who does Devontae Adams want back in his life again? Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers flirted with leaving Green Bay. It was a this season. It was a little flirt there. They were like. Should I have to go? Let me go to Denver. You know, they all, they, they tried. He's going to want to go and play with Devontae Adams next season. Tom's going to look at it and say, look, I just got beat up. He's going to lose in the playoffs. Because that team's decimated with injuries. And he's going to say, I'm walking away. I'm walking away. I, I already got, now I got to go find myself a new supermodel. And I got to start this all over again. And I can't, I got to devote some time to her. I've learned from my mistakes. I can't play football and have these beautiful women just stand by my side. I'm going to leave football. Aaron Rodgers is going to just fly the coop. Him and Devontae Adams are going to be buddy buddies again and get to the Super Bowl because that's what they need. They need each other. Yeah, no, I, I like that. That didn't even sound convincing. <laughs> if, if Devontae Adams is on the Green Bay Packers right now, you tell me they have the same record. No, they don't. Exactly. They need each other. They want each it's other. Never They're going to have each other. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's going to happen. It, it, it's over. over. Josh McDaniels will need one thing to save his job, and that's going to be Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers could save Josh McDaniels' job next season. Aaron Rodgers could be the next coach. All right, my friends. Here's the part of the show where we we sometimes have to get to these situations, and that's the NHL and the Boston Bruins. There was a big signing last week, and that's Mitchell Miller. Signed with the Boston Bruins. Obviously, the stories came out. He was then released. Your thoughts on what went wrong with this signing in Boston? Why did this happen? And who should pay for it ultimately? Um, because they probably thought that nobody even would look into who he was. In today's world, the internet, it, it just there was no way. And then again, he was drafted by the Coyotes, and then they were they right. released him because they found out about it. So there was right. stories out there already. Now, granted, he was fourteen when it happened. Fourteen. Okay. Cor- correct. He's twenty now. Now. He's, he's 20 now and didn't apologize until a week ago. Until <laughs> he found out he was getting signed by the Boston Bruins. Right, right. So, um, look, it's just, to me, 
they just okay they just said okay he was 14 he was a kid yes blah 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 right but the problem with it all is the lack of apologies the lack of even reaching out and you know that is that is what's troubling about this and that's why i think the signing stunk and i look i I get he's a talented kid, but at what point do you think that the talent just isn't worth? But so I have this is why my one and I'm not condoning what he did. The 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 individual, the child that he he was bullying, yeah. even at 14, had developmental disabilities. Yeah. So I'm not going to sit here and, and and condone his his actions or what he did. Absolutely not. A hundred percent. Don't agree with what he did. And as I read some of the things he did, which I'll discuss in a minute, but at what point do you say, look, he deserves at least a chance to figure out what he can do versus he's never getting a shot now ever again. To me, that, that that's that fine line, that balance. Like if you, yeah, you I know, know, I know. And it, it's basically, look, the Boston Bruins try to sneak it in. People found out they outraged, right? We caught him right away. Okay, great. They still owe him three million, almost three million dollars. They're gonna end up paying him. So again, you're rewarding it versus putting him on the ice and seeing if the kid can even make it in the NHL. And that might have been worse for him anyway, because if he couldn't, then his career is truly over. Right. But now it's 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 basically to the point where what condones how long before you say, look, okay, he apologized. Right, wrong, how long? Oh, I know. What, what else do you mean? What, was how, yeah. At what point do you say, though, okay, this is enough of an apology? And I think yeah. the same thing's happening with the Kyrie situation. Like, here's a list of demands before we accept what you did. At some point, people got to understand, like, this. Kind of, if you go to prison for 25 years for whatever the crime, they don't, after 25 years, say, okay, well, you still need to do this first because we don't know if you're going to be a good person. Right. You get an opportunity to try, and if you mess up, guess what? You go back. Yeah. And it's like he got drafted. They 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 cut him. Now he got signed. They cut him. There's never going to be a good time for for him. And I'm not. I'm again. I'm not saying he deserves it or not. But what's yeah. fair or not fair? That's that's the question. See, the problem with all of this is, you know, nobody knows really all the details of everything right so so you're a 14 year old kid right and what he and did you do and you yeah and what he did was horrible look right? there, so there's 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 question but, he brought the kid on the bus made him sit next to them and then their friends would punch the kid yeah, but, in the face or the head but before it even gets to there before it even gets you, you before your kid that is a bully gets on the buses to go to school you're learning from home. Yeah, the parents. So what is being taught to this kid at home? Exactly. It's not, it's not at school that you're learning it. Mm -hmm. That kind of behavior starts from generation to generation to generation Ron, he, until somebody breaks the cycle. Yeah, I think, I think you, you're spot on. Because if I say, I, look, we can sit here and say he's a horrible person. That's easy. But yeah, is, look at the behaviors. Easy. To your point, who taught him and who allowed him to continue to do it? Because his parents still to this point defend him and the things he did. 
Right. And that that's the problem. problem. They enabled him to continue to be this kind of person. He may not be a bad person. It may be the people that are actually helping raise him that are causing him to be this person. Because instead of them saying, look, you need to face your mistakes. You need to apologize. It's, you know what? Go play hockey. Be really good at it. And people will still want you. And you, and everything you do, do will just be wiped away. And that wasn't the case. Yeah. When you're 14 years old, you've already learned from home. And that is your personality. You know, you, you develop you know, certain aspects of your personality and your character from whoever's in your home. And this is why, you know, you have this fine line, you know, of, gee, do we sign them? Do we not sign them? You know, if there's, if there's a question, you just don't do it. You know, so, somebody's got to give them a chance. And I get that. Somebody has to, and, you know, this, look, we don't know all the details of even the signing. Like, you know, for all we know, maybe, you know, if if they would have sent maybe Willie O'Ree out to talk to him, maybe that's where it should have started. You know, so, if you have that kind of a character flaw, yeah. you know, who better than an ambassador to the NHL and the first black man to ever lace up the skates in the NHL and played for the Boston Bruins. Now that says a lot about the organization. And, and how about this part of it? The organization had an opportunity to say, look, we're going to make this kid a have to go through some, some training and, and you know, right. some therapy to try to help him through it. So people could have the backlash, but look, we've got conditions that look, he can play hockey. But the Boston Bruins are, are well known to sponsor the Special Olympics and all these different organizations that deal with this kind of stuff to say, look, this kid's going to have to be involved in this. He's going to yeah. have to learn from that. And, and yeah. let's see, is he refusing? Is he OK? He hasn't changed. He isn't that person. He can't move past who he was back in the when he was 14. And I did some dumb things when I was 14. I'm sure you did as well. And again, I'm not trying to condone what he did. And I don't want people to sit there and say, look, look at it, us. We're, we're basically saying it was okay what he did because it wasn't. Yeah. But the, the real story, Ron, and, and the only question you didn't answer for me, would you blame somebody in their organization for allowing this to happen in the first place? And would it be Cam Neely? Well, they knew. Uh, and if they didn't know, they didn't do their research, which is, Another sign that there's something wrong with that organization. Yeah, and you know, in this particular case, it is definitely on Cam Neely. Um, I don't know if if there's really. I mean, I, I don't. I don't take any action against Cam Neely. You know, because he's just trying to make the organization better, and you know, he just he just didn't do enough. And I think, like I said, if Cam Neely said, hey, we're thinking of signing this kid, Willie, can you go down there and talk to him? Find out the story, you know, by you talking to him. That would go a long way with the Bruin fans. How about the players, though? The players weren't even notified of this signing. They basically got questioned at a press conference before, the, you know, yeah. 
And I think that would have helped as well. Like, see what the players think about it. Yeah. Because again, yeah, they I, still have to be a know, teammate. Look, you know, I don't think that I don't think you do that either because that's not the normal thing to do. But I'm, like, based on you know, the character of the of the the yeah, individual and what's happening, he's it, not going to be in that Bruins locker room. He's going to be down in the minors first of all. Yeah, you but know? they knew they were going to have to answer questions about it. Well, maybe they did. And you know, I look, look, maybe they just thought, you know, it's good, like. The average fan isn't going to question anything because they don't know who the kid is. And as soon as you look them up, boom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So let's go on to some more positive Bruins. We're going to bring up this gentleman as the rich got richer in the return of Charlie McAvoy yesterday versus the Flames. Had the game-winning goal in that victory. How much more does this improve this team and where they've started? It's Charlie McAvoy. So, you know, you just basically got an all-star caliber player, you know, added to the roster after going, you know, what, 10 and 2, 11 and 2, whatever it is now. Yep, they're 12 and 2 now. Yeah, so um, they've added two all-stars basically in the last couple of weeks. So... 8 and 0 at home, Ron. I don't know if you knew this. Yeah. 11 straight wins at home is the record by the Florida Panthers set last season. Yeah. Good chance this team gets there? It, it, there is a good chance this team does get there because, like, they're firing on all cylinders. Like, I like who you can't even, you know, key on one line anymore. You know, you know remember the perfection line with Bergeron, Marchand, and Pasenak. Well, that line has been split up, you know, for a while now. And, like, who do you cover? Like, who do you put your best defensive players on? Do you put it on Pasenak's line, or do you put it on Bergeron's line? Good luck, because I don't want to have to deal with that. And then you got guys like like Charlie Coyle and Frederick and, and even Nick Foligno playing lights out right now. And then you start talking about the defense. I mean, yeah, I mean, Lindholm, you have McAvoy, McAvoy Lindholm. Yeah. And they're playing on different lines, and it's like it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. So great stat line, right? Two shots, one goal. Nineteen, eighteen time on ice uh, for the game. That's encouraging too. It's it yeah. doesn't look like they're going to limit his minutes much. And you said it uh, last week. He's one of those guys that eats up some minutes for the Bruins. Yeah. And if you can continue to get minutes from him, Marshan looks really good. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it out there. I don't think you're gonna answer me on this. Not going to. I already know what you're gonna. I Stanley already know Cup what you're contenders? gonna ask. Are they are they Stanley Cup contenders? Are they the best team in the East? They're contenders. That's as I'm far not as doing goes. it. I'm not okay. doing it. I'm All right. That's fair enough. That You don't want to jinx it. I look, don't blame look, you. During the hockey show, the last hockey show, I said Carolina is the best team yeah. in the East. And they're going to add somebody this year. Just keep that in mind. So uh, let me ask you this part. Boston normally predominantly doesn't add. And I know we've talked about the hard cap. We've talked about kind of the situation in the NHL and how hard it is to get players in and out. But with this team, if they continue to stay as – as solid as they are and play great hockey, could this team be adding some pieces 
to make that push in the Stanley Cup? And where would they do that? What positions would you, or would you even tinker with it if it's going so well? Well, if they do anything this year, I think it has to be a depth move. So they're going to bring in probably a defenseman, uh, you know, to play on that left side probably um, as depth. You know, they're not going to bring in a guy that's going to get into the lineup every night. That's not going to happen. Maybe a fourth liner for, you know, a wing or a center for fourth line. Um, I don't know the situation with Noshik. He got hurt in that game. Um, and he may have a, an injury lingering. Um, and, and, you know, wait and see, you know, how those guys, because they've been shuffling the right wing on there. So um, I would not be a guy like a, like a, um, a Corelli type. Not Corelli because they've, you know, yeah. he's already been there. Um, but a Corelli-type player that's going to play very well defensively, be out there with energy and stuff like that, and um, that could be what they're looking for. They're not going to go after, you know, a big name or anything yeah. like that because they just can't. They can't. Like, they don't have the, they, they don't have the cap space. Asking the question. Let's talk about one more player, and that was Evander Kane. Uh, yes. Very scary situation. Uh, as he was going down, player was skating by and uh, slit his wrist. His left wrist immediately yeah. went flying to his bench. They were able to go into emergency surgery. Um, he's going to be out about three months. I guess my question would be to you, Ron. And again, you're the hockey guy, the hockey guru. I would feel like this would be more common in hockey. Like you would see more of these scary injuries like that. I mean, obviously it could be life threatening. Yeah. Um, has, has this happened, or, you know, and how can they, could they actually prevent this from happening? Yeah, no, I don't think you can prevent it. You're on ice. So, um, just the, the um, generally has good balance, good reflexes, the whole bit. So it, it doesn't happen as much as you would think because of that, you know, balancing agility of those players, their reactions and stuff. So, um, but I've seen it happen before. I've seen it happen to a goaltender getting sliced and I've seen, you know, I've seen players getting cut in the neck and, and legs and stuff like that. It, it does happen. Um, the skates are very sharp. Very sharp. Um, and you would think that when it does happen, it would be in some sort of a scrum. And that's usually where it never happens. Yeah. yeah just so, but it, it, it is, it is, a, it's, it's dangerous. And, and he's playing very good hockey. It seemed like he kind of straightened out himself yeah. in his career here with, with Edmonton. It looked like this was a good fit for him. Kind of keeps him on track. So it's an unfortunate. Wish him well on this part of it. I guess he's, they're saying it's about three months recovery, three to four months. Yeah, that's a that's So a they could get him back, you know, for the playoff push. But again, at that point, a lot of hockey missed. How good yeah, will he yeah. be? And again, mentally now, I think it's more about a mental aspect. When you get an injury like that, how hard is it to come back from that part of it? 
Yeah. It's not a physical. Physical, sometimes you look, you just got to feel it out. And like a Marshan with the hips, you get on the ice. You're not really afraid of dying. You're afraid of, okay, can my body respond or react like it used to? Right. Right. I mean, like when you think about a wrist injury like that, um, you know, when you shoot, you feel it. And when you pass, you feel it. When you even accept a pass or if you're having any contact with, you know, your hands, you're going to feel it. And every single moment of a game, when you first come back, you're going to be thinking, okay, let's see if I can actually do this. Can I do this? Can I do that? Yeah, first time you go down on the ice now, is he going to, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, because you're not going to get checked by, you know, in practice. You know, it's going to be in game where you find out if it can handle it. And, you know, that is a mental aspect of this game when you're talking injuries. Scary, scary injury. And uh, again, wish him well. We'll see how it all turns out. Ron, pick and roll time. And it's episode 45. So we decided, why not look at the man, the myth, the legend, Tom Brady, who is 45. The odds of that, right? And he's broken numerous records, so many records in the NFL at this point that we couldn't even count them all. But we decided to go after some of the records that we felt would be the most impressive. And we're going to rank them from five to one. And those are, he's gotten, he has 55 game-winning drives in the regular season. That is now a record. He just passed 100,000 combined passing yards, most ever in NFL history. 247 regular season wins. Number one all time. Seven Super Bowl titles. All time. Most by any player. 634 regular season touchdowns. Again, a record. We're going to rank them five to one. Five being the least impressive. Obviously, they're all impressive, but five being the least, one being the most impressive. You are first, my friend. Kick this thing off. Get it rolling. Let's see how you rank them. Okay, we are not going to agree. Probably not. I'm, I'm telling you now, we are not even going to be close to agreeing. Okay, I can't wait to hear this now. Now you've got me, my mind going. All right. Number five, I have 100,000 passing yards. Isn't that insane to say? That I have as the least impressive of all of them. And the simple reason is because almost every quarterback that's playing now is probably going to hit that total. And it's crazy to even think of that. So you're thinking like all of these... You know, Mahomes, Allen, yeah. you know, Stafford, Jackson. They're, they're all going to get there. You know, barring injuries, of course, but they'll all get there. So Maybe I had that. I already had. I had most in, most impressive, he's going with the Super Bowl victories. We'll see if he, we'll see if we agree. Okay. Number four. Again, 634 regular season touchdown passes is absolutely insane to think of that, right? But again, 
I think even losing quarterbacks can do this. 635. I know. That's a lot. You know, look, there's going to be some losing quarterbacks out there that are going to put up 20 a year. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, they might not be like two in, you know, 15. You put 20 a year and you play for 25 years. You're still not touching that record. Yeah, I know. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) Again, as the passing game continues to be the focus you know, of what the NFL wants to see, it could, it's going to happen. There's going to be somebody that actually passes this somehow. Here's where it starts getting a little more difficult for me. And number three, I have 55 game winning drives. Now, just to get 55 wins. Yeah. Is hard enough. But you have to have 55 game-winning drives. At the end of the game, you're leading the team down there in the two-minute warning, and you're over there, blink, blink, yeah. blink, 55 times. That is impressive. And that's just regular season. So think about that's the Super Bowls. Season. Yes, yes. Playoffs, you know what I mean? Number two, the 247 regular season wins. Good because you have to have a dominating franchise for 20 years. Good luck. It ain't happening. I don't think that one gets broken. Okay. And number one, the big dogs, the most impressive is those seven Super Bowl championships. And I don't see that happening anytime soon. Anytime. It's a phenomenal record. It really is. It really is. All right. So I'm gonna it's got seven stats. seven rings. So I will I will say this, Ron. Believe it or not, we are pretty damn close. Pretty damn close. I, it was actually different a little bit, but not by much. We flip flopped two of them. It would have been the same. Because at five, I agree with you, 100,000 passing yards. It's a passing league. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying somebody will break it, but, again, there's going to be guys that are going to come pretty close if they last 20 years. Because yeah. you you just you throw the ball all the time. Yeah, now. because you've got, like, Rodgers, you got Mahomes, you got Allen, yeah. you got Stafford. These guys can chuck. Yeah. You know what I mean? Guys are throwing for 5,000 yards a season now. Like, it's, yeah. you know what I mean, supposed to happen. Yeah, I went. Great 20 years. At four, I went to 247 regular season wins. And the way I looked at it, yes, he's been in the league 23 years. That's like 10.7 wins per season, which means he'd be about a 10 and seven quarterback. It's still good, but I could. Mac Jones was 10 and seven last year. So if Mac Jones. Yeah, you 20, have to have a team that is so viable for 20 years. Did you see what the, the New England Patriots did against the Buffalo Bills in the playoffs? They weren't a competitive team, they still went 10 and seven. So I'm I'm not saying it's not impressive because it is. And you're right. To have a team last that long and him win 10 plus games every year is pretty impressive. But just I looked at the average at three, 55 winning drives. I agree with you. The fact that you are down with two minutes or less in 55 plus games. And I'm sure there's a lot more game, but you won 55 of those games. Yeah, that's insane. (laughs) 
It is. So that was to me right in the middle. I had the touchdown passes at two. Because at number two is Drew Brees at 571. Tom Brady's got 60-plus more. He's going to have 100-plus more touchdown passes by the time he retires over the number two guy. Oh, oh, that means he's going to stay around for another three years. He could, he could throw, he could throw for who knows how many this year. So that makes me win. If you think the so. face off at number one, though, has to be the Super Bowl titles. By far, think about this. He's been to 10 Super Bowls, Ron. He's won 70% of his Super Bowls. 70%. In baseball, if you're 30%. You're a, you're a stupid superstar. That means you're, you're batting like 300. I mean, think about it. How many, years How many years has he played? 23. Okay, so he's been to 10 Super Bowls in 23 years. He's almost at 500. I mean, yeah. 50% of the time yeah. he's in the Super Bowl. Yeah, and you don't count his first year because he didn't play re realistically. So 22 years. So he's basically almost half of his career he's played. And he missed a full year. So if he makes the Super Bowl this year, He's there. He's half. He's done half of his his career has been in Isn't the Super that Bowl. Something that it's no unreal. No one can say that. Unreal. No Tom Brady, forty five years old, pick and roll forty five. I thought that was a fun one. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that was like pretty that. fun. That was pretty fun. Before we get into our predictions, my friend, it's getting very close to the end of this prediction. So. We are going to decide in the next couple weeks what the loser has to do, what team they're going to have to wear. So season three, episode one, they will have to garnish whatever that the other one decides will be the appropriate. Okay, so there's no trophies at Sports Unfolded. We like to embarrass each other. We're going to continue <laughs> to do that. We don't need stinking trophies. Last week, though, Ron, nine and two for you. I went eight and three. Again, you picked up that one victory. Manny, rough week. I see he's on today. I'm sure he's going to want to make up for that. He's almost clinging under 50%. So, got to have a good week this week, Manny. Hmm. Oh, Kenny's there too, right? So Kenny needs to get in there. Let's see as if well. Kenny jumps in here as well. Let's see what we got. All right. Ron, you are first. 11 11 tonight. Denver Nuggets at the Boston Celtics. Well, home. Um, uh, oh, I don't know. You know, wait a minute here. You blurted yeah, out a little bit. Boston? You going Boston? Um, no, I don't know. Uh, damn, that's Joker, huh? The best big man in the league. You know what? I'm going to go Denver. You sure? No, I'm not sure. <laughs> Marking it down. No. Boston's at home. I'm going to go Boston. All right. I went Denver. Yeah. And I went with the big man. Who's going to stop Joker on that team? Nobody. Yeah, I know. Man, if you're out there, give us a give us your pick. Who do you got, Kenny? Oh, they're oh, all going Manny. with you. Watch, they're all going to go with you. Yeah. Kenny went. Kenny went as well. I don't know yet. I haven't oh. seen Kenny. But we got Manny's there. So all right, all right. 
11-14, you got the Atlanta Hawks at the Milwaukee Bucks, the only team so far to beat the Bucks are the Atlanta Hawks. 10-1, the Milwaukee Bucks right now. Revenge game, Giannis, he wants it back. They're at home. They're not losing to the Hawks. I went Milwaukee. Yeah, I'm going Milwaukee. I'm not. There's no way. There's no way they're going to lose twice to them. Twice in, a, in like a week span. I can't I I find that. It's extremely hard to believe that they'd allow that to happen. Yeah, so I went with Milwaukee Bucks as well. Um, I'll post it up when they post. Uh, Manny went with the Bucks. As well. 11 12 tomorrow. Kenny must, Kenny must be nervous. Kenny, Kenny's gonna, you know how Kenny gets. Carolina Hurricanes at the Colorado Avalanche tomorrow. Who do you got? Gonna go Carolina. Going Carolina. All right. I as well went Carolina. I just think they're playing better hockey. Yeah. Colorado's been too inconsistent so far to start this season. Be really interesting to see. Again, at home, too, Colorado. It's so tough. I know. 11-15. Got the Dallas Stars at the Tampa Bay Lightning. Manny went with the Hurricanes. Hurricanes. So Dallas Stars at Tampa Bay Lightning. I went Dallas. I like the goaltending. We talked about it. Ottinger. Tampa Bay has played inconsistent hockey. He's able to shut the door. If you're sh- saving 95% of your shots, it's not giving a lot of goals up. I think Dallas can win that game. Yeah, I also went with Dallas as well. Uh, they're just better right now. They're better. They're, they're better team right now. So. 11-13. The Minnesota Vikings at... The Buffalo Bills. That's that's nice, Manny. That's that's a yeah. way to put the Dallas Stars. Yeah, I like Should that. Put a couple of stars. Next time, go star star. Yeah, star. it's plural. Stars, but that's all. That shows me that the Cowboys are playing hockey. Hey, it's not a blue star. What do you got, Minnesota at Buffalo this Sunday? See now. This, I, I don't even know who's starting for, for Buffalo. Nobody knows who's starting. But I'm, I'm going to go with Buffalo anyway. I like the defense. I, I as well went Buffalo. I feel like the defense is going to be able to shut the door on Minnesota. Ace Keenum's going to be able to just do enough to get the victory. It's yeah. at home as well. Right. So I went Buffalo. Right. Regardless if Josh Allen plays or not. It's going to snow. Maybe. Many, many went Bills as well. That's I, I think we all feel the same way. Buffalo's still a superior team based on that defense. 11-13. Got the Seattle Seahawks at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's the early game, 9-30. It's in Munich. It's in Germany. I went. Manny's going Geno. He went Geno. He went with the Seattle Seahawks. Tom Brady fired up after that last second victory. He's going to see this sports unfolded that we said, look, he needs to break more records. He needs number eight. Tampa Bay wins. It's a big stage. Everybody's going to be watching. We know how Tom Brady performs in those games. Absolutely. Like, I have no doubt in my mind that, you know, 
Tom Brady is going to step up, not only in the pocket, but in the in the game itself. And I'm saying three touchdown passes for TB12. TB12, breaking out of the slump. Manny going with Seattle. I'm curious. Gino, he's got the Gino fever. Look, if there's one thing I've learned through all my years, no matter what, even if you have a three-game, four-game, five-game losing streak of picking, you know, Tom Brady games in however fashion against Tom Brady. Yeah. It's so hard to And you know, and it's funny because watching the other network, you know, that four letter network, and they were like, Oh, it's Captain America. He yeah. found his cape. Yeah, I don't Captain America, America doesn't have a cape. cape. Yeah, I kept saying the same thing. Captain America. Oh, they said if he said he found his shield, that would have been different. Right. 11 12 tomorrow, Saturday, big f- national football game. Number four, TCU, Horned Frogs at the number 18, Texas Longhorns. Who do you got? Well, a team with horns is going to win. That you're, you're right. It's either a Horned Frog or a horn, Longhorn. Manny went uh, to fly. Oh, look at Manny. Yeah, what are yeah, the emojis I'm, today? I'm I'm going with TCU as well. Um, Undefeated. Look, they could just they could just score points. Like they are just going to outscore you. And when you look at these two teams, you look at Tennessee. They always making a comeback, right? So their their second half differential is like a plus Gordy number, like plus thirty eight or something like that. I might even be higher than that. While Texas, they give up a lot of leads. And they're a minus 20-something, I believe, in the second half. So you put one and one together, you're coming out with two, and I'm going TCU. I went Texas. And I went Texas because they almost beat Alabama. TCU's been in extremely close games. Even though they're undefeated, they could have lost a couple of those games. And I think... Traveling to Texas, spotlight's on you now because you're in the college football playoffs. Right now, TCU, a lot of pressure. I think they're going to fold. I went Texas. I went Texas. So we have two different. Yeah, you're in this could either stay even or could change the balance of power. Yeah, I know I got that TCU, and I'm, I'm okay. positive on that one. All right. You know, I mean, you can make a case for your um, – I don't even know who Denver. you are. Denver. Denver. Yeah. Because I was flip flopping on that one back and forth. So I can I can see you getting that one. Okay. But so, I'm gonna get it right back with TCU. I'm not okay. worried. All right, we'll see you tomorrow. So if you enjoy what you're watching, there's tons of ways to sponsor us. Donate stars on Facebook, bits on Twitch. We appreciate any support you can give us. If you'd like to Support the show by sponsoring us, ribroadcasting.media at gmail.com. So many great opportunities to have thousands of eyes on your business. Great way for us to continue to grow our product as well. And we'd love to be have those partnerships. So please reach out, give us an opportunity to help you and you help us. How great will that be in this world? If you'd like to follow us on our social medias, there's so many different ways to follow us at Broadcasting RI, at Rhode Island Broadcasting, 
at Sports Unfolding, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. So, so many different ways to follow us that way. MeWe, they've been a great platform for us as well. Check us out, follow us, make sure you sponsor this show because I'm telling you, we're going to continue to grow. We're going to continue to make big things happen. We love doing them. Can't wait. Can't wait to keep growing, Ron. Each and every week, get more and more followers. So everybody that's following us, thank you. Everybody that joined us live today, Manny, Faceless, thanks for joining us. Everybody that's going to watch us in the future, continue to just make sure you follow all of us on our platforms. Hey, look at that. Dallas at Tampa Bay. That was pretty good. Um, <laughs> I just noticed that. Ron, as we normally do how we end our show, we do our final thought. Our final thought doesn't necessarily have to be about anything sports related. It could be about anything going on in the world today. You are first this week, my friend. So have at it. Your final thought. All right. Well, there's no better day than than to talk about veterans than on Veterans Day. Um, look, thank all that have served and looking back on my family tree, I know my uncle served in the Marines and my grandfather served in the Navy. So I have to, you know, rest in peace, both of them. They are no longer with us, but, you know. They are heroes just like every single one of you that have served for our country um, in every war. Because that takes guts, it takes it takes character to even be out there. And I want to thank all of you that have served in any capacity where it doesn't even have to be you know, a Marine, it, it could be National Guard, it could be, mm -hmm. you know, the Coast Guard, that's all serving and helping this country. So, um, so thank you, all of you. Well said. Honestly, I was going the same route as well. I just wanted to wish all the veterans out oh, there. Were I forgot. Right. And Cheryl, a friend of mine, she was in the National Guard and uh, I believe she made captain. Oh, congrats. That's awesome. So, might be captain. Hey. So, I, I want to give the same sentiment. I uh, want to wish all the veterans. I work with a ton of veterans, and I love hearing their stories about, you know, just their experiences. Um, obviously, those that have lost their lives to protect us, to allow us to have freedoms in this country. Thank you for all you've done. I did want to mention my son, Eric Jr., is serving currently. He's overseas right now uh, in the Middle East. So my thoughts are always with him and how brave he is that he's willing to sacrifice to make sure that we can all continue to do what we do over here in the United States. So all you veterans, you know, what a phenomenal day for this country to, to honestly give you the opportunity for us to say thank you. Sports Unfolded, we want to say thank you for all you do. Uh, I think that, uh, Ron, we both normally have something completely different. We were both on the same wavelength on this because we realized how important of a day it was. So everybody out there, thank you for what you've done for our country. Ron, great show. Love doing them. Can't wait for 46. Let's see what that brings. Manny, thanks again for joining. Faceless, once again, thanks for joining us live 
every Friday night, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, only on Rhode Island Broadcasting. Make sure you join us. Make sure you chime in because it's it's a great time. We love doing these, and we're going to continue to grow. All we ask for every single week, my friend, is peace in this world. Let's have some peace. Saturday in the park. I think it was the 4th of July. Yeah. Have a great night.